I'm Jarrett Murphy from CityLimits.org. And this is Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. Uh, for those of you who turned in last week, you heard Representative Yvette Clark and her challenger from 2018, and again this year, Aden Boncadeco, uh, talking through their candidacy, their rationale for running. We're going to hear tonight from two of the three other candidates in that race. There are five people on the ballot for June 23rd. Uh, the one who is not joining us is City Councilmember Chaim Deutsch. Uh, he declined to respond to our invitation, so we'll speak to uh, Luci uh, Gayot and Isaiah James about why they're running. And this is a district that is entirely encompassed within Brooklyn, represents a kind of central stripe uh, of the district. Uh, Yvette Clark has represented it since uh, 2007 and narrowly won last year in a low turnout race against Adam Bocadeco. And obviously one of the major question marks, one of the doubts, the variables this year is what will turnout be like in 2020. Uh, it's a presidential year, so there's a lot of interest normally. Uh, it is a June primary, which can be a weird time for New Yorkers to vote and typically results in low turnout. And this year you have COVID-19 wreaking havoc in so many ways. Obviously, people have a lot to think about besides voting, and voting is going to be weird for many of us. Uh, any active Democratic primary voter, because most of the primaries involve Democrats, uh, although some in Staten Island do involve Republicans, will receive a, a mail-in ballot application from the state. You have to sign that, send it back in, then you get your ballot in the mail, you vote on that, and send that back in, and your vote is registered. However, uh, in-person voting will still take place. There'll still be uh, polling places open, obviously with all the standard social distancing rules in effect. And there will also be early voting uh, from June 13th to 21st under the new early, early voting policy that the state has been experimenting with. So plenty of time to vote. No one really knows what turnout's going to be like. It's likely to be light. And so the question will be in the 9th District uh, what the ultimate result of that is. And so we'll be hearing from Luci Gayot and Isaiah James. I'm very pleased to be joined now by uh, Luci Gayot, who is a candidate for the 9th Congressional District. Mr. Gayot, welcome to Maxim Murphy. Thank you for having me. So Thank you for having we only me. have about 10 minutes to talk, um, and I want you to give me, first of all, what's your elevator pitch? If you meet a voter in the street, they see you wearing a button, they see you holding a brochure, why should they vote for you? Why are you running? All right, here's the 30-second pitch. Uh, I introduce myself. My name is Luchi Gallo, and I am running for Congress to represent the 9th Congressional District. And I just want to take a second of your time just to tell you about my platform. Um, I am a licensed New York City contractor, but my whole entire story is when I went to school, I actually went for music. When I came out of school, uh, no one told me that music was not a marketable skill. So I was uh, <laughs> without a job and with college debt and and uh, no skills. So I fell back on what I learned in high school, which was carpentry. Um, I actually had a wood shop in high school. So I took that and I started a construction company and now here I am. So I feel like we need a World War II-like effort to bring the trades back into the schools uh, because right now children are graduating with no marketable skills and not only in construction, but also in robotics and AI because uh, robotics and AI is the future of industry in this country. A lot of people don't realize, but especially now with uh, what's going on in the world, you can see how quickly automation is taking over a lot of different industries. So we have to be ready because by 2025, 
uh, we're going to have almost every vehicle on the road is going to be an autonomous vehicle. So we're going to need children who graduate high school who knows what LIDAR is. You know, we're going to need children who graduate high school who understand what a step motor is. So that is one a conversation I want to take to D.C. because no one in D.C. is talking about robotics and AI, but they sure are in China and they sure are in Europe. Secondly, I want to make your rent tax deductible. Uh, if you own a home, you could deduct the cost of your rent off of your taxes. But if you are a renter, you don't get the, I'm sorry, not your rent, your, the cost of your mortgage payments off of your taxes to interest. But if you're a renter, you don't get the same benefit. So I want to go to D.C. and update the tax code so that they can allow renters to be able to discount the cost of rent from their taxes. And and last, uh, I also want to speak to you about a universal basic income. I feel moving forward into the future as different industries get automated away, we're going to need to figure out a way to have some sort of bottom because right now we don't have a bottom and this is why people are sleeping on the trains. If you ever go to McDonald's, you notice that screen that you're pushing the buttons, that screen is replacing a human being's job. You know, there was a time when you pay for that burger, a portion of that money would go to that person's pay. But now with that screen, all the money goes to McDonald's. So we need to be able to tax a small portion of that value that's created and put that into a national trust fund uh, in order to pay out as a universal basic income. Of course, not only from McDonald's, but think about industries uh, uh, just across a wide field of different industries that are going to be automated, such as automated trucks. Um, you're going to have uh, a lot of automated systems that are going to take over a lot of uh, manual jobs. So this is the reason why I'm a proponent of universal basic income. It's going to put a lot of people in a position for upward mobility. A little more than 30 seconds, I know. <laughs> Still impressive. But by that time, I got the signature. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the job that Yvette Clark has done representing the Knight District? Uh, I, I tell you, I tell you what, what, what my beef is, and it actually goes back all the way to when she, when she was in city council. I actually went to a community board meeting over at Walt Women Junior High. Funny enough, that's when my father was a teacher uh, when I was younger. And uh, the whole meeting was about this new shelter we were building about a block away. And what we wanted, we wanted it to be either low income or affordable housing, but not a shelter because we felt like it wasn't anything permanent. Now, uh, while they were there, no one was listening to us. Basically, the argument that they made was like, well, the developer could do whatever they want with the land. And I was like, well, if the developer could do whatever they want with the land, but they're going to be collecting tax dollars to pay for that shelter. Okay, well, fast forward now. All right, and as you know, um, the city of New York last year spent about a billion dollars um, to house the homeless. When you do the math, that comes out to $20,000 per homeless person. All right, and the person's still homeless at the end. You know, so that one shelter by now has cost the city enough money to have built several city blocks worth of affordable housing, that one single shelter, you know, and that is the point that was trying to be made then. And that is still the point that is trying to be made now, you know, because I feel like we have a poverty industrial complex where you have four private entities that are benefiting off of poverty. And I feel instead of that money going there, it needs to go to the people. So we focus a lot on this show, obviously, about city and state issues, all very domestic. But obviously, if you were to win this election and go to Congress, you would have a say on foreign policy as well. Is that something you thought about? Do you have a position on something like, say, uh, whether this should be a Palestinian state? Uh, in terms of whether or not this should be a Palestinian state, I feel that's a conversation that needs to be had, I feel, as a community. 
um, because I need to listen to what everyone uh, feels in that respect because I, there's a wide range of different people who live in central Brooklyn. So for me to lean one way or the other uh, on a whim would be, I would say, you know, would, would be a little pre- preemptive of me. You know, I, I feel it's better for me to really listen to what the constituents want um, in, in order to move forward on that topic because it's a very, very sensitive topic, you know, um, and, and and I have to... I have to look at what the people want in order for me to make a complete judgment on that going to Washington, D.C. So you want change in the district. Uh, two years ago, Adem Bocadeco ran, came very close to defeating uh, Representative Clark. This year, he's in the race. Uh, you're in the race. We're going to be speaking soon with Isaiah James in the race. And as I mentioned, Councilmember uh, Chaim Deutsch is in the race, too. Uh, are you worried about splitting the vote? Uh, you know, there are, just to be kind of real about it, there are now three uh, black men in this contest. Uh, by the rules of New York City demographic politics, that means you guys are going to wash each other out. What do you think about that? Um, in terms of washing each other out, I think everyone has their base. Um, and there are 700,000 constituents in the district. Last year, uh, it was roughly about 30,000 people who went out to vote. Um, I feel that every portion of the district should have a voice. I'm from East Flatbush, born and raised in East Flatbush my whole entire life. Um, you know, I believe I'm actually the only, well, Clark and I are the only candidates in this race who are actually born and raised in the district. You know, and I feel I've been an advocate my whole entire life, so... Why not run in this race? And lastly, uh, Mr. Gout, you have at last count, I think, um, less than $1,000 in your FEC account. Um, it's obviously always tough for a new candidate to break through. Realistically, what are your what are your hopes for June 23rd? What will, what will victory look like for you? Uh, victory would look like for me? Well, I already have a base of support, and I'm just, gonna, I'm just pushing uh, and using my volunteers and electronic means in order to advance in this race. Yes, it is true that other candidates in this race has raised more money, but you have to look at what the money's going towards and also where is the money coming from? You know, where's the money coming from and where, where is it being spent? Because right now in the type of environment we have, it's more of an electronic type of race. Plus it's about the people that you already know. You know, so I'm really pushing hard, and I'm, I'm since we can't go out and shake hands, I'm doing my best to do it all electronically. <laughs> That's what you got to do. Well, Luchi Goyot, candidate for the Democratic nomination in the 9th Congressional District in Brooklyn, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Max Murphy, and good luck on June 23rd. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a great week in the greatest city in the world.